<laughs> yeah. So I, I yeah I don't know. I, I don't know much about uh, so disassociative identity disorder. So I don't know if I can really speak to whether it's be portrayed well or not. But from what I've read a lot from people in the in that community feel like it's a pretty good portrayal or at least they like the idea of a character that has DID that's not like you know like a crazy person like it's just part of who they are right yeah it just happens there's people in there and there's uh and everyone gets a turn I remember watching uh um as like green as he comes off when he does this Anthony Padilla <laughs> he like spends a day and interview somebody uh who like you know you like like uh asexual people who like i had asexual friends in college and like um asexual friend that's like i i don't i don't understand it but it helped me to understand it a little bit more and hopefully in like making the lead character of a freaking marvel series in the franchise yeah. somebody who suffers from this disorder is like really validating to people who suffer because mm -hmm. some of some of the people that um Anthony Padilla interviewed had like someone said there was like over 100 people in there wow yeah and it sometimes you don't see someone for weeks and it's like you see in, in the show like Steven is gone for like two like we've only seen him gone for like two days tops at this point mm -hmm. But I can't imagine like just being gone for a year and then coming back and then yeah, everything's changed or like people don't know where you've been. Right. You've been living out of a storage locker, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I think that um, some I, I, from my understanding, some some and most people with DID, they mm -hmm. understand that they're they have you know um multiple identities and you know multiple people that are kind of like a part of them i don't know the terminology i don't want to yeah yeah we're not gonna yeah. misspeak or anything but yeah. um yeah i'm interested to see where that side of the, the thing goes mm -hmm. we okay. should yeah maybe we'll start <laughs> <laughs> but it was like just in case anyone's noticing my fabulous, gorgeous twin sister, Harvey Brent, is having a medical crisis. So, welcome to the Full Volume Podcast. I'm your host, Jolie, and I'm joined today by the fabulous, gorgeous father of the bride. Father Joshua of the bride. <laughs> I don't know. Joshua <laughs> Ravel. Um, Thanks for having me. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of, he likes cake. I almost said the line from Father of the Bride, and I was like, "No, I can't. I can't do it. I'm no Martin Short." <laughs> also, we're pretty rude on this podcast, but we're not that rude. Anyway, oh, speaking of the bride, I heard some ears flapping. Yeah, he's. He, we were talking for what, like twenty minutes before we started recording, and the second we hit record, he's like, "All right, it's my time to shine." <laughs> my podcast now right he's <laughs> like oh father of the bride that's my cue yeah here i come Peace that's parker yeah that's parker yeah the mascot of the spider cast 
which you can also hear on the Comic Book Syndicate Network every every Wednesday. We, or do we just record it? Uh, we we release every Monday. Oh, yeah, right after this show, which mm-hmm. will be a few hours late. Sorry, guys. Um, we know how much our fans in Berlin, Amsterdam, and Kansas love us. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Friends says hello, though. He's perfectly okay, so no one has to worry. Um, our current reigning COVID queen is still in recovery, but this medical condition has nothing to do with that, hopefully. Um, but he'll be joining us next week. He wanted to pass on his sentiments about this episode is that he loves it and can't wait for more really quick sentiments but like perfect i guess i, I, guess I feel the same you guess uh yeah okay so yeah let's see let's jump into it <laughs> let's okay do you want to okay let's jump into a recap and then jump into it okay yeah because i have feelings okay yeah, so yeah. uh i'll just start from the start and i'll just read my notes because if i tried to not read my notes it doesn't work out. Okay, so Stephen I've got the Grant. episode up too, so I can kind of like. <gasps> Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, if I miss anything, through. just like pop it in there. Okay. Yeah. So Stephen Grant. It begins with Stephen Grant going back to the museum because in the last episode he was just there being chased by a demon jackal. He's really worried that the surveillance has probably picked him up, um, destroying the museum. So he goes and he finds the security people. Um, well, he goes and he finds that the place is covered in like caution tape, um, as if there's been a crime happening. Did someone die? Someone died, right? Someone no, died. no. He's he's worried that um, the security cameras are going to pick up the giant like demon hound. That's okay. That's it. Right. Yeah. So. And ideally, he wants to see that that thing is real. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he goes, and that he goes to the security office, and they play back the tape, and there's nothing, except for him crying and running, just running around frantically, and then this really, really, in paranormal activity fashion, he looks at the camera as Mark, and you know it's not him. And he walks out of the frame, and it's probably the scariest. Those kinds of things where people acknowledge cameras, especially if they're paranormal, freak me out. <laughs> um, any, anyway, he loses his job. HR is like, look, dude, um, you're involved in this stuff. It's very clear from the cameras that you are involved. So mm-hmm. we have to give you the chop. Right. Uh, and to be clear... Mm-hmm. The dogs are not visible. Like everything, like even Moon Knight transforming, Nothing. not visible on the cameras. Um, so you see Mark running away from things that aren't actually there. And then he runs into the bathroom and then comes out and it's destroyed. At least that's what the people from the museum see. Yep. And it's like in fantastic fashion destroyed. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, let's see here. My notes, my notes, my notes. Okay. Uh, he laments about it for a little bit at the fountain and then um, leaves with the only possessions that he has, which are a key to a key to something. Um, and he's like, you know what? Since I've got some time this afternoon, I think I'm going to go find what this key opens. It's got to be a storage locker. 
So it's, it's got like a keychain on it for the logo of the company. So he kind of walks around, probably because he's like familiar already with it. And he sees the the symbol on the keychain on a building. So he walks in. The guy recognizes him, who the security person at the storage facility recognizes him and walks him right to the storage unit container and opens it. Um, and inside we find an escape room, like a yeah. <laughs> a cot, a, a shelf, um, a book bag. Uh, yeah. Mark, or not Mark, Stephen. Stephen begins to like look around, opens the bag. Inside the bag is Mark Spector's passport, an American passport, <laughs> mm. a gun, and a scarab, like a little golden scarab. Um, he spends the majority of the time inside that little, uh, well, there's reflections everywhere, which is great because it seems like his altars all communicate with each other through reflections, which I'm not sure is like, um, is, is like an accurate thing about the disorder that you would see your altars in reflections or if it's just the way that they chose to portray it on visualize film. it yeah. right yeah That's i'm not it. sure the, this this show seems to have a really big thing with reflections which mm -hmm. i love there's some yeah. really great film uh, like filmmaking points like uh where they kind of like you think something's happening but it's really like mirrored somehow mm -hmm. um yeah i'm not sure if that's an actual thing where they talk to each other or not, or if that's just like, yeah, visualized to, to see it here. Um, but, but it's cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And things pop off, right, <coughs> pop off right after this. Oh, immediately. <laughs> yeah. Mark, uh, Mark is like, I need out. I need out. You need in. Like, I need to finish up some stuff. Um, he talks to, to Steven and kind of, uh, ultimately, they have a long conversation, but it ends in him telling him that they are just the avatars for the Egyptian god of the moon, Khonshu. <laughs> <laughs> no big but deal. Steven, yeah, Stephen's like, well, it's a good thing I work in the gift shop of a natural history museum because, like, I know all this stuff now. Like, oh, I already know all this stuff. Like, conveniently for us. But also... Uh, Somebody's is Conchu in there, or is there a demon hound? Again, no, it's Conchu. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah, I think he gets freaked out by talking to Mark and actually seeing who he is and everything with the duffel bag. So he grabs the duffel bag and leaves. And as he's leaving, all of the lights start like turning on and flickering. And as they're flickering, like images of Conchu are like in the distance and then they all kind of turn off and they slowly turn back on and we see him getting closer and closer with the lights until yeah. he's like right on Steven and it turns into this like super fun uh, chase which is like ended abruptly when he's hit by a, a woman on a motorcycle who as it turns out recognizes him uh, we know this from the last episode uh, but he recognizes her voice when she says his name. Um, and he knows it to be Layla, which is the woman on the phone who he called earlier. Um, 
every everything all the exposition happens during these little action scenes and we get tasty little tidbits like yes Layla confirms that she is is his wife while they're riding on a motorcycle mm-hmm. he's kind of freaked out by this and he's and she decides to take him home um where Mark and Layla call home uh the whole time that he is talking to Layla he's also arguing with Mark Stephen mm-hmm. is yeah um he's having a look about uh he's trying to get a full story from Layla and Mark but Layla is also trying to like figure out why uh she has no idea about his dissociative disorder mm-hmm. right and yeah. she only is she's trying to convince Stephen that he's Mark that the and accent Mark is, is right and Mark is trying to get him is Mark is trying to get Stephen to get mm-hmm. Layla out of there because she's going to be in danger if yes. she finds anything out about what's going on and um that's when Stephen decides that he's just going to tell her everything and get everything off his chest and be like, I don't know what's going on here. Here's here's what the deal is. And then, um, yeah, he's about to pull out the scarab. And that's when Mark says this thing about she's going to die if you tell her anymore. So he stops and she's like, what are you talking about? Why do you stop? What's going on? What are you hiding from me? So mm-hmm. she grabs the duffel bag from him and shuffles through it and pulls out the scarab. And it turns out that Mark and Layla have been searching for this for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And it's more of like a compass, right? Where it's kind of like pointing to something. It doesn't point north, but it's like it points to, I believe that they quickly mentioned it was like some sort of tomb right mm-hmm. so um she's visually visibly upset about uh what's going on and kind of starts yelling at him and then that's when uh they get a knock at the door yes uh they get a knock at the door and they're it's like arthur's henchmen Hench yeah people we're led to believe that it's the police Yes. Um, this and... is the part that's foggy because I think I closed my eyes really quickly last night before bed and I missed it. <laughs> right. And then right. he was in the car with them. Right. So he, they want to bring him in for questioning about the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So they arrest <laughs> him and Layla actually slipped out of the roof window. So she's kind of like undetected. They don't know that she was there. Um, oh, so Steven gets taken away. And then uh, it is revealed that they are not actually police officers, but oh, sorry, they while in the car, they mm-hmm. kind of start questioning him on the way to the police station and they start bringing stuff up about him being Mark and Mark Spector after looking at his passport Mark Spector's passport. Yeah. And um, they pull up information about him being like a former uh, military mercenary. And they're kind of like blaming the fact that he's on the run due to that, like the people he's killed. That's why he's got a gun. And um, that could also be why uh, Layla and him are estranged, because maybe they were looking for the scarab. And then he started, you know, taking jobs or something to get by. I don't know. We don't know yet. Mm -hmm. But we. 
Yeah, they they park the police officers park the car. It's revealed that they're not police officers, but they actually work for Arthur. And he shows up and kind of brings uh, Stephen into uh, his compound, and it's like a full on cult. Yeah, full on like Seventh Day Adventist shit going on right in there. Well, except for the whole he sleeps with everybody, which we don't know about. We don't know yet, but maybe he does. And if he does, good for him. Right. Yeah, it's like a whole mini little village in this compound they're growing their own vegetables there's like kids running around in the streets mm-hmm. um it's and it's weird because it's like still kind of in the city but mm-hmm. i guess it's like blocked off or in like a warehouse type thing um so he kind of starts explaining about how he's trying to do arthur's trying to do good um uh he used to be a former um what do they call them? Uh, uh, Harold? Harold for Conchu? Is that what it was? Or Avatar for Conchu, right? Avatar. Oh. oh, okay. Sorry. I missed a lot of this. Too. Yeah. He so talked he... for a long time. Right. Yeah, he did. Uh, Arthur used to be a former Avatar for Conchu. So he used to be like the Moon Knight before Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh he talks about how he hates Conchu and they didn't get along and he's like he manipulates so after he left he went to a different god the goddess of the alligator I would... one i can't remember oh. her name i probably should have wrote, wrote this down it's not super super important but apparently or uh, um not apparently uh essentially he describes that um, he wants to stop bad things from happening in the same way that Conchu does, but um, Conchu and Moon Knight wait for bad things to happen, and then they track the bad people down and kill them or take care of them or whatever it's going to be. Where Arthur and his god, they stop things before they even happen. So they look into somebody's future and see if they're going to be doing good or bad. And if their path looks like it's going to be going down the bad path, they're killed immediately. So they're like wiping out um, bad things before they even happen. Um, Sobek? Sobek, probably. Okay. Uh, Yeah, yeah, and and I feel like it's like... um... Might it be one of the underworld Egyptian gods, though? Probably. Yeah, he, like, weighs your heart, and if it's heavy, or mm. uh, or if the, it tips the scales, he, like, eats you. I'm not sure that it's so back, but it's, oh, God. You know, I haven't done, like, yeah. mythology since grade eight. but Yeah, it's been a while. Okay, so, uh, Arthur pretty much fills him in on a whole semester's worth of uh of mythology which is true at this point i guess uh truth i should say and um he tells him he needs the scarab Mm -hmm. he would like it he would like it back does it that because what he also wants to find the tomb or he wants to be the moon knight again we don't know i think that he wants something in the tomb that will i'm assuming help him 
take care of all the bad people all at once instead of having to do it one at a time. Mm, I assume it's going to be something like that where it's like, hopefully it's not some big beam that comes out of the pyramid. that is like world ending disaster beam, but we've had enough world ending disaster beams. Yeah. I could just (laughs) picture it coming out of a pyramid too. Yeah. It's very Stargate. Yeah. Anyways. Um, let's see. He, was, he, was, he needs a scarab, and in order to get it from him, he shows him, he shows Stephen his staff, right. which is glowing. And inside is what? A time sliver? Am I to understand? He's pretty much, he's like, if you don't give it to me, I'll just take it. And I don't want to just take it. Right. Yeah, because the staff, um, like we saw in the first episode, it like, it has like a uh, uh, like a handle that comes out like a T at the top, and mm-hmm. he kind of holds it like this in the other people's hands, and it works as a scale, and it moves back and forth uh, with like the tattoo that's on his uh, mm-hmm. on his wrist, and then that staff helps to determine whether somebody is a good person or a bad person, and then if they're bad, they immediately die. So mm-hmm. they have some sort of like it does have some sort of like time power, it seems, mm-hmm. um, because it can kind of <laughs> see into to into a person's future. Um, all right, all right. And so... he asks for the scarab, and then Steven says, "I don't know anything about it. I don't know where it is." And then everybody in the compound kind of like yeah. turns on him, right? Like they all kind of stand up and stare, and then that's when Layla busts in and. Uh, helps to save him. They kind of like start running away, and then that's when the demon dog comes back and starts yes. chasing, chasing the two of them. And yeah. all while they're running away, uh, Stephen is arguing with Mark in his reflections and asking Mark to summon the suit and to let Mark take control. And it kind of all comes to a head when he jumps out of a building and he does summon a suit, but it's a different version of the moon knight suit it's mr knight he's in like a like a suit and tie suit he's uh, got like a really cool moon knight. yeah <laughs> so that's kind of cool so he starts fighting the demon dog which nobody else can see layla can't even see and she's trying to like help uh moon knight at this mm-hmm. point and then um the fighting like, escalates to well, sorry go on I was going to say, they're fighting in an alley, and yeah, the, it, it escalates where Layla is in danger. So Stephen finally lets Mark take control. So we see Mark um, Mark Spector uh, take control of the body and uh, turns into the Moon Knight that we saw in the original uh, episode, and he starts fighting the, uh, the dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he kills the dog, or destroys the dog. It just disappears. Um, they discover that they've dropped the scarab. No one has it. They sure as hell, none, none of them have it. Layla, Mark, Stephen, no one has it. Uh, but cut into an alley, off the alley, and you see that a homeless person, or not a homeless person, but somebody inside the compound, wherever it is that they are, mm-hmm. I don't know if they've left the compound or like in a 
and like the compound is like the Diagon Alley of yeah. The city. I think Layla's like looking down an alley into the city or something. Yeah, that's it. And she sees a man pick it up off the ground, who is then approached by Arthur, who, uh, who touches his hand. The scales of justice do not tip in his favor, and he immediately dies. Mm-hmm. And Arthur is able to take the scarab directly from him, and then he disappears. So Mark and Stephen continue to argue. Um, right, because Mark Mark chases or Mark chases the or leads the the uh, the jackal away, and they kind yeah. of end things at this church where mm-hmm. he takes care of the jackal, and then Mark is now in control of the body, and he's like not letting Stephen out. Yeah, he's not letting yeah. Stephen back out, arguing with him in his reflection there. Yeah. And um, what uh, he immediately and maybe this is something that also happens in reflections or it's a cool transition, but he's like, okay, we got to go where we need to go. And Khonshu walks across the screen and the reflection of Mark is now a reflection of Mark inside a room. Um, He's now just like drowning himself in whiskey or whatever beverage of choice he chooses he gets up he walks to the window and outside are the pyramids of egypt yeah he's in egypt cue the wonderful (laughs) yeah cue cue the music Mm -hmm. i like i don't know what it is but i yeah it's good music it was so great hearing an arabic song in yep. a Marvel movie, and it's not like a, um, like an Arabic woman like chanting something because yeah. we're in an evil terrorist compound. Yeah, it's just like Arabic pop music. <sighs> it's so good. Yeah, Arabic pop music is actually super fun. Yeah. Um, and the director of the show is Egyptian, and Perfect. uh, so I- I'm really. Uh, excited to see the next few episodes in Egypt and see how he kind of translate his culture and his life into the show and represent it in a really cool way. Um, Yeah, I'm excited. I hope that we see some like really fun Arabic uh, Middle Eastern characters that aren't the bad guys in the show or or in in this Marvel universe, really. Yeah, like or like just selling things in a market or whatever. Yeah, like ancient artifacts, like typical Disney Disney things. Yeah, that they've relegated our Middle Eastern friends to portraying. So, oh, yeah, the, the only the only Middle Eastern MCU characters I can think of are the terrorists that help Iron Man hostage in the first Iron Man movie. Yep, I can't think of any oh. other ones. The taxi driver. No, the taxi driver is Indian. In Ant Man. Wait, Deadpool. Sorry. That's Deadpool. Sorry, yeah, Deadpool. yeah, he's Indian. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I can't think of anything. I can't think of any. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I know that they were in. They were. In, they were in another country in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but I cannot remember for the life of me where they were. No, I think it. Um, I feel like they're in like. Like not Morocco Russia. or something. Oh, really? No, okay, you're right. Um, 
Oh, now it's escaping me because I thought maybe it was a South American type of Hawkeye and Scarlet Witch, not Scarlet Witch. Black Widow always said it. It starts with a B. Bucharest? No. Oh, 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 uh, uh, oh my goodness. Really? That's where they were? You're right, though. I think it was a Russian, uh, no, 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 no. I'm thinking about the first episode when Falcon is flying through, like, the canyons and stuff, and then afterwards he meets with his informant in the, in the square. Not later on. Okay. Not yeah. in the night not in the nightclub where that spawned a thousand memes of freaking Zemo dancing. Zemo dancing. No. Yeah. Uh oh no, that's an X-Men thing. That's not where Hawkeye and um Black Widow talk about. They talk about they'll always have Budapest? Budapest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Speaking of Falcon (laughs) and the Winter Soldier, yeah, (laughs) this show is all Falcon. It gives me Falcon and the Winter Soldier vibes. And if Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like cinematography wise and maybe pacing wise, okay, um, if Falcon and the Winter Soldier was also Indiana Jones, okay, yeah, uh, but I, I, I like it more. The the plot is very what? I love it. I mean like I I really like that it's something we haven't seen before. It's like feels very fresh and new, especially in the MCU. (laughs) And it's something that like maybe it's just because I also don't know the character from the comics too well, but Mm -hmm. I have no idea what's happening or what's going to happen. Like Mm -hmm. I'm I'm completely blind at this point, and it's giving me the same feeling uh, as when I was watching WandaVision, not like trying to figure out what's going on as the episodes are coming out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, WandaVision, my my wheels were spinning. And to be honest, was the primary reason why we started this podcast. Right. Because me and Harvey Brent were just like... Right? Oh, God. Like, we were just... back and forth and like his husband Jason was also texting me and it's like we need to just like call and talk this out yeah <laughs> and then it turned into this podcast but this show I agree with you I totally agree with you and mm-hmm. uh, now we'll get back to jumping right into our feelings about it initially I was kind of like lukewarm about the first episode I wasn't really sure what to think mm. like I was mostly because I was excited that I was getting something new this to me feels the way I felt when I first watched Blade as a small oh, child. Because okay. I, here's the thing, I didn't know Blade was a Marvel Comics character at all. I mm. just thought he was a cool vampire. Right. So there wasn't any wheel spinning or speculating about like who I was going to see. Um, it would have been a shock to the system if they put like somebody in there. Right. Like Tobey Maguire just swings at, yeah. Yeah, that would have been jarring. Yeah. Could you imagine him in that nightclub, in the like the meat locker nightclub? We almost got a, a crossover event with all those. Like, we almost got X-Men and Spider-Man and Blade and all those characters. Ghost Rider, I think. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently we were really close. 
Well, I mean, Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Bring him in. <laughs> I would love if they brought Nicholas Cage's Ghost Rider into the MCU somehow. Oh yeah, that would be. That would be off the rails. I actually oh, really liked Ghost Rider. It it's bad. But I, <laughs> but maybe that's another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like your face is betraying you. Is I love that in the way that I like. I love Nicolas Cage. Yeah, in all okay. his weird glory. Um, <laughs> I I I love how he just like brings all of these weird things into his characters too. Like, like he has like things in his contract. When he signs on, like, okay, I'll do this, but my character has to do this in in the movie, or I want to try this on set, or whatever. Like, oh. Ghost Rider, Johnny Blaze, drinking jelly beans out of a martini glass was a Nicolas Cage idea that was brought into the movie. Because Nicolas Cage is just off the fucking rails. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, He's okay. Okay, I love that's, them. That's extra. Yeah, that's, yeah. I gotta. I have to watch all of the new stuff post. What? Yeah, Pig. Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. on my list. And then but there's like, a new one coming out too. Um, the incredible weight of unbelievable talent, or something like that. <laughs> and he's playing. He's playing himself in the movie, like he's playing Nicolas Cage, the actor. And he oh. gets invited onto an island by um, by this guy who wants to like spend time with Nicolas Cage and is a Nicolas Cage super fan. It looks so it. good. It looks so good. Is it a horror film? <laughs> no, no. I think it's like a action comedy. Oh boy! The unbelievable. <laughs> The unbelievable weight of massive, massive talent is what it's called. And Pedro oh. Pascal plays the Nicolas Cage super fan. Oh, yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> it must be a comedy. Unfulfilled and facing financial ruin, which is true, which is true for Nicolas Cage. Actor Nick Cage accepts a $1 million offer to attend a wealthy fan's birthday party. Things take a wildly unexpected turn when a CIA operative <laughs> recruits Nicolas Cage for an unusual mission, taking on the role of a lifetime he soon finds himself, channeling his most iconic and beloved characters to save himself and his loved ones. So good. When does this movie get released? Uh, this is April 22nd. So very soon. Yeah. Um, that's a weekend <laughs> that I am back in Windsor. <laughs> are, you, are you for real? Yep. I feel like drive-ins or theaters are open. Uh, have you been doing oh, theaters since masks are off? Not since masks off, no. Okay, yeah. I'm, wait, yeah, I guess I have. I mean, mask on, but like masks are off. Yeah, they Batman, still, right? yeah, Batman, but they still required everybody to wear masks in the, um, the lobby. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And oh. then when you're inside, you could take it off when you're eating. So. Okay, whatever. So, yeah, I, I the last, I think I went with Julie to see Batman. I was like slipping it up and in. <laughs> my, uh, Julie was just pulling her mask out. 
putting the popcorn in and then snapping the mask back. That's perfect. She's like, I don't have to use my hands. <laughs> also, um, she's like, this is great. I love, I love that I haven't been to a movie theater even before the pandemic. She hadn't gone to the movie theater in a while. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I guess it's just something that happens when you eject a small person from I mean, your body. That's fair. <laughs> yep. I'll find so, me to the movie theater. Yeah. I've heard so of that. You, you lose time and all hobbies or interests become lost when your world is now uh, someone else's. <laughs> so. Next time people ask you if you want to have kids, you just tell them, fuck right off. <laughs> Excuse me, that's going down another rabbit hole. Okay, back uh, on track. Back on track. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, so I'm excited. It, I was hesitant about the show for two reasons. One, I was afraid that it was going to become this, like, Marvel speculative journey about, like, what does this mean? It's like an Easter egg hunt and, like, we're going to see all these cameos. And I was like, not interested in other property like right. that. And now that it's turning out to be awesome, I'm way more excited for it. Right. So the last episode of full volume, we, we I mean, Brent was excited. Mm-hmm. He's a Marvel ho. Um, he, he knows way more about the character than I do. And like, he, and he knows even less than you <laughs> most people like we're both like we're all i think all three of us are kind of in the dark about who moon knight is yeah i'm yeah i'm not too familiar i i don't know if we've talked about this mm-hmm. on this show or on spider cast or something but yeah i only know moon knight from like the crossover events where he's shown up in somebody else's comic oh. i don't know if i've ever actually read anything with moon knight mm-hmm. but um, so yeah, I'm not really familiar with who he is as a character. I know he's kind of like a reverse Batman where oh. he like wears all white because he wants to his enemies to know he's coming. <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's like, I want I want everybody to like shit their pants when they see me. I want everybody to know I'm there. Okay. Yeah. Which is that's a vibe. It's fun, yeah. yeah, it's a vibe. Yeah. I love, I don't know if this is always a thing, but those moon thingies that he's got on his chest that he uses as like a batarang. Moon yeah. 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 It kind of, he kind of, there, there's like an infinite amount of them, it seems like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I wonder if that was like a, an energy thing before or something and they translated it this way into the into the show. Energy like a Care Bear stare? Oh, or like, like, a, like a light moon. You know what I mean? Like it's like, oh. I, I wonder... Because it seems something in the comics where, you know, you'd pull out, like, an energy beam and throw the, like, boomerang energy beam or something. Mm, Okay. Yeah. You And then this is the thing. It's like, I'm this, what we're doing right now is what I love about this show, what the show is doing to me. We're talking about the actual character and figuring out how he falls in the realm of Egyptian mythology. Mm -hmm. Um, Also fun fun um brent is like this is very Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> you go oh, yeah. also based on egyptian mythology yeah it is he's living like this eight his eight-year-old fantasy right now i think he was eight <laughs> i don't know what he said but that's amazing 14 25 i don't know <laughs> I, i'm sure he still has Yu-Gi-Oh cards and plays 
he's it's it's completely wrote me in anyway the the moral of what i'm trying to get to love the long story short is that it's making me care about the character which mm. a lot of these uh, a lot of the these film adaptations and television adaptations like are, haven't really been successful in getting me to like say pick up superman right and read it but i yeah. will actually uh, I, like I, I went digging and found Jeff Lemire's Moon Knight, and I'm like gonna devour the whole thing. Yeah, I'm. I definitely want to read uh, some Moon Knight after this, especially seeing like Mark and Conchu's relationship with each other, and how like Conchu mm-hmm. seems just like a total dick and makes fun of Mark the entire time, and Stephen. I think yeah. that's hilarious. Oh yeah, um, the Egyptian gods or gods in general, I guess. Just yeah. Jokes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I love the costume too. This is oh. a super fun costume. Even the Mister Knight one, like the glowing white eyes, like, uh, and that like form fitting tight white mask is super cool. Um, mm-hmm. Oscar Isaac is great. Dude, okay, I'm sorry. The whole time you're talking about his like moon suit, I was like, are they trying to make it sexy because it's working? All I can think about is like. Oscar Isaac's in this Oscar Isaac in the suit. That's it. I can't yeah. think about anything else. And then like I get off red. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Tell no, me it, I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, he's super fun. Um, I know yeah. you guys talked last week about um his like accent oh, and the yeah. fact that his accent is bad because he's not actually from the UK and it's mm-hmm. just like an altar, which mm-hmm. is amazing because i was like this is this is really weird this is a strange choice and then once it clicked in like once you meet mark it's like this totally makes sense now Mm -hmm. he's he's just like it's an altar and this altar lives here but because he's never been there probably before um you know the past few months or whenever he created this life for himself here he's he hasn't had an accent and he had to kind of like blend in and be that character right for that person so um yeah, and that's just is that, is that a testament to how good of an actor he is if he's playing a character who isn't british is faking an accent it's like it's hard to i mean it's right. not hard to be to have a terrible british accent right and and it's not too bad yeah but there, there's it it's just the like the words that he uses mm-hmm. seems uh overkill like he uses bruv and in it and uh what's the other one there there's like another like fam slang that he uses like british slang that he uses and it, it's just like every single sentence he mm-hmm. ends it with you know one of these words and it's like that's what makes it stand out but yeah. it totally makes sense yeah Again, a testament to the true nature of Oscar Isaac in the world of film and television. Yeah, he's, he's great. He's wonderful. I hope they. I was like, I hope they write him into the Mandalorian. Wait a minute. Thank Wait you. a second. He already uh, exists in Star Wars. Let me see. I, I guess they could, because it. Mando takes place after. No, they couldn't. No. No, it takes place after. Uh, Jedi. Oh, okay. so he's a little kid. I actually Poe Dameron's parents 
they were were at the Battle of Endor. Were they? Yeah. Is this yeah. something that he said that I missed? No, it's in the comics. Oh. Yeah. Oh, is it in the Poe Dameron comic? Um, I think possibly in the Poe Dameron comic. I think that they they're also in the Star Wars. I think it's just called Star Wars. Mm. Um, and I think it like picks up at like the end of Battle of Endor and then moves forward kind of thing. Um, maybe it what maybe it is just in the Poe Dameron comic, but yeah. So oh, they could do something with a young Poe Dameron or something. Mm. I'd rather them just make new characters though. Don't yeah. bring any characters back in, into the show, please. No, or just like do more with the Sokotano. <laughs> yes, please. I know I'm for so you, excited. Yeah, I'm so excited for the Ahsoka show. Uh, okay. um, um, if you too are excited for that show, let us know. <laughs> you can write us email uh, at fullvolumepod at gmail.com or you can just like find us on social media at comic book syndicate or at comic syndicate hashtag fullvolumepod. Uh, you can listen to this podcast and all the other previous ones wherever you found this one so whether that is on YouTube and you're watching our tired faces <laughs> struggled drained faces yeah <laughs> we're tired of a lot of things that's another podcast for another time mm-hmm. um, yeah so whether you're watching the video or you're just listening to the audio, uh, wherever you get your favorite podcasts, that is where we are. I want to thank Joshua Merval for joining us on this lovely Sunday morning. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. I'll come on whenever you need me to. Okay, I'm going to call it 3 a.m. <laughs> hey, I'll be I mean, there. If the shoe is up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, join us next week for the third glorious episode of Moon Knight. We're going to be talking a lot about it. And then we have a special treat after we're done with Moon Knight, depending on how long mm-hmm. the hiatus is between Moon Knight and what? What's first? Mar- Ms. Marvel or She-Hulk? I can't even, uh, I don't I don't even know. know. Well, Doctor Strange would be first. Oh, I mean, television yeah. show-wise. Yeah, I, I don't know. Was, I think it's supposed to be Ms. Marvel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it's Ms. Marvel because we've gotten a bunch of trailers. We haven't really gotten a trailer for She-Hulk yet. It's just that, like, clip from that, like, montage. Ms. Um, Marvel show. Yeah. I'm so excited, but also so nervous. June 8th mm-hmm. for Ms. Marvel. Yeah. Yeah, and I loved... I loved Orphan Black so much. She-Hulk just is 2022, so... Yeah. Or are you nervous for Miss Marvel? Miss Marvel. Yeah. She's she's Middle Eastern character. One of maybe my favorite characters in Marvel comics. I really love her, and it's pretty disappointing that they're changing her powers no. in the show. No. Yeah, but we'll we'll see. It's hard to pass judgment before you see it. Maybe it'll work, but I'm just like I don't know. I really hope it works. Well, we well, hopefully we don't follow up with some of that. Yeah, we'll find out too. So, okay. Until next time, loud. Keep it at full volume. Oh boy. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>